Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers on mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Okay, so usually when we wake up, my kids, and then we're about to start for the day, and I feel like you guys might be there right now. We need to, like, check our hands, all right? Like, are your hands still working? Are you good? Everybody alive well? Okay, was lunch good? Okay, thank you. All right, um, let's go. Once again, I will just say how grateful I am to be able to share um, with us in just these few moments as we kind of try and pull a lot together. Um, I look over all that's happened at Renew over the last couple of days, and honestly, I have just been really blessed. Um, I feel like God brought me here just to be blessed and just to be encouraged and strengthened and helped and all of that. Um, sitting down again today um, was just really amazing and such a blessing. And, um, <clears throat> you know, even uh, was listening to Honest Session just a moment ago, I'd, Three years ago, Pastor Femi was talking about it. Um, I was at a training, and Oni was taking a class on preaching. He, you know, and um, I did personally learn a lot that day. I think so. Um, but here's what I want to say: um, If this session goes well, then let's give Oni some credit. If it goes badly, then just go and blame him for anything he taught me um, three years ago. All right, let's let's pray, and then I'll get into what I want to share. God, we thank you so much for these moments and what you have been doing and what you're still going to do. Um, thank you so much, Lord, for all that we've just been able to learn and share. And just for the privilege to be together and open out our hearts in these moments and allow you to work and to do what only you can do. And um, God, I just pray that you would have a free course yet again. I pray, Lord, that you glorify yourself. I pray, Lord, that you would really help us today. Speak to us in a way that is so simple that we would understand, but let it be so profound that it will make a mark in our lives forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, I schooled, one of the privileges I have in life is that I schooled at the Obafemi Aulua University. And um, for everybody here who schooled in any other university, I'll just speak for Nigeria. Um, I told them yesterday, you have the right to rate your university on a scale of zero to OAU, right? Um, but basically, I schooled, I schooled in OAU. And I remember um, years ago, resuming as a freshman on campus, I had this place that I used to go and eat. Um, I used to like, um, you know, I was just, I'll get my allowance at the beginning of the month, and young guy, um, I'll just walk in to go and eat. And it was always good. Um, I felt like the place was really classy, um, their packaging was really good, they would make you feel really good, you know, just how you sell ambience and all of that. So I was paying a lot of money, and the truth is, I would actually be broke by like the middle of the month, I'd have spent, spent, spent all my allowance, and then I would just be broke and sad and all of that. So I was dealing with a lot of that. But I'll get my allowance again at the beginning of the next month, and then I'll go back straight there. And just in this feel of this place was just this special place and all of that. Anyway, 
um, it stopped one day. And I'll tell you what happened when it stopped. I was eating there one day, um, still, of course, just in the pain of how much I spent here and all of that. But there's the ambience and all of that. But suddenly, two of the waiters were having a fight. So two of the waiters started this. I was just hearing voices, and somebody was trying to settle, like, why are you guys fighting? And then they started explaining their fight. So one of them said that um, yesterday in the kitchen um, that there was one rice on the slab and that um, a rat had pulled on it. So when... (laughs) A rat pulls on your rice. And here I am paying all my money going broke for poo-flavored rice. <laughs> and honestly, that was the end of it. Like, I just stopped. I couldn't even eat again. I, I was just, like, misery. All I was seeing from that moment in front of me was different sizes of rats, different poo. Like, it was all just terrible. And I had a friend who was always telling me that, Tolu, is ambience you're paying for. That you don't know what happens in the kitchen. Once that door is closed, you don't know what goes on. Let me, let me ask you guys, have you ever had, like, a really beautiful surface thing? But the issue was that it was just covering up a lot that was actually going on behind. Maybe for you, it's a story of your house. Somebody knocks on the door. I can relate to this growing up. Somebody knocks on the door. There's like, who is that? And within those 10 seconds of who did you say it is? <laughs> Things are being cleared. One door is opening somewhere. You're dropping it and bam. Oh, hi. This room looks good. But it's really just covering up a lot. When I was young, I, ha- I have three brothers, and I remember that somebody would come, and usually I was the one they would send to the door to do the delay tactics. So you go there, and you'd be like, who is that? And I'd say, be serious, Joe, tell me your name. Are you sure? Why are you playing? It's a lie, Joe. You're not there. First, we'd be like, open it, open You don't know what's going on here. Like, we are, we are clearing up. <laughs> it happened a lot even during the lockdown when... Like, you know, online meeting culture and all of that was being built up. And you remember that you'd be in a meeting and you'd be smiling and I'm just so well-dressed with my suit and my tie. But what must not happen is that that camera must not go down because it's boxers right there, right? So it's like a surface thing, but like there's a lot more that we're just not seeing in this. Um, I also think about it, about how we can just have like a headline sometimes and a headline can be, I think, too much a summary for a big story right? Like you can just give one headline. You can just tell guys like, hey guys, I got married. And yeah, you got married. Oh, but sometimes just those three words are a summary of a whole lot. I got married. It's like I dealt with all this generational and parental pressure. And I went somewhere. I was lying down on the floor wearing some attire that I have no business wearing. And I was lying down on the floor, prostrating and rolling. And they were asking me questions like, are you begging? And I had to say yes. But I got married. It might also mean that I've run into debt that I don't know how I'm going to pay off, especially if you're married from a particular tribe. <laughs> oh, this, one, this one happens a lot in my family. Um, I have two young kids, and then sometimes they're like, we took a beautiful family picture. Oh, you guys look nice. But if you know the hours and hours and pain that it took to get that one shot where everybody, where the children are smiling right and you are not looking like an idiot trying to make them smile. You know, it's, it's like a combination of everything. So you're doing all these stupid things to say smile. You are, sometimes you just squeeze, at, but you just got that moment. And, um, but it's just like a summary that many times there's a whole story behind that we're not even just seeing. What was it like for Jonah one day? He got home and he's like, 
Baby, I'm home. Yeah, you're home. That's so much a summary of the fact that since you left this house, you've been in the belly of a fish. You've been drowned. You've been, you've been to Nineveh. You've been... It's like, I'm home. And it's true, but it's just a huge summary of so much that sometimes we don't even know what is going on. Many couples are many times trying to figure this out because you get, you get home and you're asking your wife, um, how was your day? Oh, she asked you, how was your day? You're like, good. Because it was good. And you didn't ask me anything else. But you ask her, like, how was your day? <laughs> That's how I now met that my friend in primary school. The question was, how was your day? <laughs> you got the summary or do you go the whole story? And in a sense, this whole concept, because there's just something I want to help you see today, and then I would tell you a few stories and I'll be done. Um, in a sense, this concept of, there's just this big thing, and then there's the story, there's just a summary sentence, and then there's like a whole story. I'm thinking about it even just as the concept of the news. The headline thing, that you just see this headline that the news gives you, and then it's so much a summary for so much going on. It's just a line. It's just a summary. You see something like girl 23 graduates as the best graduating student in medical school. And you're like, oh, nice. But anybody who's been around medical school will tell you there's a whole story to that, right? You get what I'm talking about, guys? There's a whole big story there. Sometimes it's that you use substances that you won't want anybody to know about. You had depressive moments. You lost relationships. You, but here I am, 23, graduated, best graduating student in memory school. Okay, so here's what I'll tell you. What you see on the screen is never the full story. The screen is never the full story. There's a whole behind the scenes. And so we're watching all these headlines. We're seeing these headlines. Sometimes it's even a beautiful headline. But what I'm trying to suggest today is that there is a whole story that I don't want us to lose sight of. And in fact, that is actually where the tension rises. So here's what I mean. This is the headline for us today. We've done a lot in this conference so far. They've, you know, I've been so inspired and blessed. And if anything, it's ringing at me. It's staring in my face that the gospel is on the move. There's, it's, it's real that the gospel changes lives. The gospel is changing lives. It's changing communities. It's converting sinners. It's transforming Christians. We, and we're going to walk out of this conference with just that sense of God is on the move, right? That's on my screen. That's on my headline. I'm walking out believing that I'm going to see such a move of God empowered by the Holy Spirit. I believe that. And I don't mean to be a spoiler today. But I just want to remind us that sometimes there's a lot more behind just that headline. There's a behind the scenes to everything you see on the screens. So what I'll do to say this is I'll zone in on a guy in the Bible that you know. His name is Paul. And I'll just try and say, if we could see Paul on the screens... Because we've even spoken about some of what Paul did and, you know, we've spoken about him today. If we could put Paul on the screens for a moment and just this great apostle. And we say, um, Paul, can you, do you even mind shooting like a video for Renew? Like all those videos that are coming up and, ah, man, amazing. And we say, Paul, like, will you shoot a video for a new conference? And like, okay. And then we say, Paul, what's your, you know how they just type out the questions, right? That's how they do the videos, right? It's so good. And they're like, Paul, what's your typical day like? 
Um, Paul will be like, my typical day is just the gospel on the move. He'll tell you, I know I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. He'll tell you that, guys, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. And I become all things to all men. That's my typical day. It's just becoming all things to all men just so that I will save some. I'm preaching the gospel in places it has never been preached. And then you'd see next question, Paul. Don't you have times when you're like stopped? You tell, yeah, true. When I was in jail, I wrote most of the New Testament. <sighs> okay, next question. Paul, what are your hobbies? Like, how do you chill? Like, sports, athletics? He'll say, yeah, I fight the good fight of faith. <laughs> I, <laughs> I run the race that is set before me. <laughs> Beautiful screen. Like, yeah, good stuff, Paul. But we love to see the story behind a lot of that, maybe. Because let's not be mistaken. We can see all the headlines, we can see everything you do, but maybe, maybe if we go beyond just that living room and go with him into the room and say, what's it like behind all of that? I can see what's going on on the screen. And here's why I'm doing this, because we can walk out of here and see all those headlines and know what God is doing, and it is true. It's a fact what God is doing. This is a reality of what we're empowered for and what the gospel is doing. But as we walk out of here, maybe there's a story we must not lose sight of. So we go behind the scenes and we say, Paul, can you just walk us into the story? And so he takes us to 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 3, and he says, okay, let me tell you guys, I know you saw me preaching and all of that, but I was actually with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. Can anybody relate? <laughs> I am right now. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 4, verse 10, Paul says, see, we are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. To the present hour, we both hunger and thirst. And we are poorly clothed and beaten. No, 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 but, but, but that was not the video we just watched. Look at... He says we're poorly clothed and beaten and homeless and we labor working with our hands. We're being reviled. We're being persecuted. We are being defamed. We have, look at this, we have been made as the filth of the world. Wow. Okay, let's go to 2 Corinthians 6. Just stay walking behind the scenes. Please stay with me. Let's just stay on this. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 4. It says, but in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God. Okay, tell me about it. In much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses. Verse 5, in stripes in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings. Hmm. Quite some stories behind the scenes. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 24. Paul says from the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stooped. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils and waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the gender, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils, like Paul, you have issues. In perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often. Shout out to the planning team of the conference. In hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. 
Now, this one, many pastors can relate. Beside the other things, what comes upon me daily? My deep concern for the churches. Sometimes nobody really understands that part, just that burden. So, I, I serve at a church called Sycamore, and honestly, as I think about, we've been doing this for like eight years. I really want to speak today, maybe especially just in that ministry space, you know, leaders, um, pastors, and all of that, church planters. We've been doing this for like eight years, and I'm honestly humbled and grateful for all that I see on the screens, all that God has done, all that God is doing, um, people coming to faith, um, you know, just people empowered as followers of Jesus, everything happening week in, week out, everywhere people gather, you know, just the sound of worship and all of that. I'm really grateful and humbled. But please, I would honestly say that I feel like if we just take the headlines, maybe we're missing the story, that there are stories and stories behind all that you see on the screens. And I'm going somewhere today because sometimes the stories for me are even like personal failures, you know, mistakes, shortcomings, nights that you cried, times that you were discouraged and you just wanted to quit, um, difficulties, um, you know, sometimes you show up on the screen and you hold it together, but you know, backstage, there's like difficult. Um, sometimes you are broke, like very broke, like Moses' Ten Commandments, like broke. Um, <laughs> Hey, I haven't given you guys a dry joke today. Do you want one dry joke? Yes. Oh, oh, no, you're pastors. Do you want a dry joke? Yes. You don't look like you want it. Okay, like, uh, if you're a student, uh, if you're a student, when it is getting towards exam time, you shouldn't go to shop at a supermarket. Instead, you should attend a concert, especially at exam time. If you go to a supermarket, you'll be given a receipt. If you go to a concert, you'll be given a pass. Okay, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Imagine I didn't say it. Imagine I didn't say it. Imagine I didn't say it. You know, honestly, times and times again, if you don't get it, when you get home, go and think about it. Don't make me look so foolish. Anyway, but, but times and times again, honestly, just looking at, if, if we go behind the details of what you see on the screen, there are stories and stories. Think about it even just in terms of church life and, you know, times that we just get hit. Earlier this year, in, um, that was like April, I remember I was out of town on a Friday night, doing a book meet somewhere, and then, you know, I get called overnight, there's this heavy rainstorm, whatever, destroys our, the, the, the tent that we use, and so basically that happens overnight, Friday, Saturday, you're trying to figure out, because there's nowhere church can hold, what's going to happen, start trying to figure it out, and all of that, gather a team, try and record a service, do an online, what we do, and all of that, but what's interesting, so we had to do that for like three weeks, and that was Easter, Easter was basically starting, that was Easter, that we have looked forward to, and all, and I remember that so we had to go into the bushes and go to places and record stuff and all of that and I remember somebody would text me and say man you guys have concept you are doing a <laughs> like we are basically in survival mode here but the screens don't always tell you the stories earlier earlier this year it was it was father's day I was we're doing a we're doing a Father's Day thing, and then we got this, I wanted to do like a boxing ring thing, so we kind of like put it, set up a boxing ring, I was going to preach something just about fighting as a man, and so we set up a boxing ring and all of that, then we had done this whole, there was like an intro when it was time, and then um, there was the music, like a boxing fight was starting, so there was the music, my opponent came in, and then there was like, wake, welcome, live, ah, yeah, and the guy walks in, and everybody's shouting, and the guy has the bill, and then I was to come in, so make welcome, you, he was, I, I come in, 
in and all of that. And then everybody's shouting. And so this is first service. Everybody's shouting. And then I walk in and we had practiced this thing. You know, just the way a boxing ring is, it has those. We had practiced it. I'd gone there, I checked it out and all of that. Now I just got there and then my coach was really hyping me and all. And then he just pushes it down. And then I stretch my leg up. And as I was going in, I just hear pra. <laughs> you know that pra sound? I just hear pra. So I basically, you know, come in and everybody's shouting and laughing. And, and I'm just thinking, how bad is the tear? Like, how, how, how bad is this? So I'm, I'm standing there and, and now I have a lot of issues. I want to ask, I want to ask my coach, like, how bad is this? What do I, what do I need to do? Do you need to tie it up? I want to ask him. But the problem is I'm wearing this mic. And with this mic, anything I say, everybody's going to hear. Second problem, I can't move the mic. I'm wearing boxing gloves. I can't do anything. I'm looking at him. He's smiling. I'm like... And here I am standing for like the next 40 minutes. I try and I crack a joke. I don't know if they're laughing at the joke or me. I don't know if they're like, I'm basically just like struggling for 40 minutes. And all of that is going on. And afterwards, I was supposed to climb out and have somebody close service and all of that. I stood there. I closed the service. I asked everybody to go, you know. And then after the service ends, I called one of, one of my guys that was close by. I'm like, I have, usually have 15 minutes in between first and second service. I called one of the guys and I say, how bad was it? He said, what? I'm like, okay, at least somebody didn't know. <laughs> Better. So he's like, let me check. And then he comes around. He says, I can't see anything from here. So I'm like, okay, let me get to the office quickly. So he says, let me just cover you. So he covers me. I kind of come out, run to the office. I lock my door. I check. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. But, but, but here's, here's why it really hit me. Because in that moment, after service, of course, my second service, I came like a lion, like I was angry. <laughs> came to, but, but, but here's why it really hit me. Because in that moment, Everybody, oh, we're blessed and you're preaching and all of that. But you don't know the battles going on. The stories behind. But it's just this thing of what's on the screen. And many times for us, if we'll be honest, we are doing ministry. We're standing up. We are being the face and leading and putting a hand forward and all of that. And sometimes there are these stories and stories, arguments that are coming. And can I, can I not? And all of those things that we're fighting. But if we'll be honest, that in itself is the very framework of what it means to be a Christian. That for everything that we see on the screens, there's actually a whole story behind the scenes. I'll tell you what I'm saying. When I say I'm a Christian, do you know the truth? You see this guy on the screens, this weak guy in his humanity on the screen, but it's really because behind the scenes there is a powerful savior. When I'm believing with my heart and I'm confessing with my mouth and all of that, it's not really just the action you see on the scenes. It's because there's a savior behind the scenes who did a thing. Is it not amazing that just a moment ago we're lifting our hands in worship and we are literally like, oh, we are touching heaven. <laughs> like you stretch out your hands to reach heaven. Like I can't even touch the ceiling. But I'm literally lifting my hands to reach heaven. Do you know what makes it powerful? That's the life of a Christian. It's what is actually behind the scenes. It is a savior behind the scenes who stretched down and stretched out his hands to reach me. That's the power. When you see on the screen church and our love for each other and all of this and how our hearts are so moved towards the lost. It only makes sense because of what is behind the scenes. A savior who so loved us. When we pray and heaven moves... It's really not the power of our prayers in themselves. It's the powerful God that we pray to. 
And what you see on the scenes is really powerful because of the story behind it. And this is my big burden today that as a planter and as a leader or as a pastor or whatever you're serving, that we must choose not to, should I say, overrate what's on our screens and underrate the power of the story behind it. So Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians 4, the same Paul who has just shown us all of this says that, look, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. God doesn't want us to lose heart or back out because of what's playing on in the screens in the moments. Because there's a bigger story that is backing all of this. And that is the story that I came to push us towards today. I think we honestly need to learn a comfort in the tensions of not even being enough. Like looking at myself on the screen, I'm feeling like I'm not enough because I know that I'm backed by God that is more than enough. Um, I'll tell you three things before I land and I would probably not even use up my time. <laughs> and why are you laughing? They don't believe I do that. This is not my church. <laughs> Um, when I was in university, I told you about being in university, and by now you should have been able to rate your own school on a scale of zero to OAU. Um, but while you are still at that, um, I remember when I was in 100 level, and if someone come on the keyboard in a minute, when I was in 100 level, I had this roommate. Um, he was an Islamic fundamentalist, and he was a very little guy, and um, very crude guy. And um, we, we were really many in the room, but this guy just had his ways and, you know, he would just, he was, he was really like a fundamentalist guy. And, um, but basically, and he was very little, right? Like a very little guy, <laughs> you know? And so there was somebody else in the room who would always be like picking a fight with him and bullying him and all of that. And he would tell him, super, super, I've won you. Leave me alone. I'm going to pray. And then he would go, and this guy would come. And say, ah, what are you even praying? That is exercise you are doing. You are doing, you know. And he would say, super, leave my religion. I want you, you know, and all of that. And this guy, they would bully him in the room. They would, and all of that. One day, one day, guys, and I'm serious. This little guy walked into the room, walked straight to super. <laughs> just walked straight to him and gave him a dirty slap, like straight, like like I just come from outside, I just walk straight up to this guy and gives him a slap. You know when you're like, super, it's going to kill this guy. <laughs> like what gave you the mind? Gives him the slap. There was that how many seconds of shock. I think it was more of the shock. <laughs> Thank God for the shock. Thank God for the shock. And so, small, did not react within probably five seconds of just being shocked. Whoever was praying for him was praying where? Because just a few seconds later, coming behind was like 100 people straight from a place of worship following this guy. And the prompt was, you go to the person and slap him. Let him just touch you. We take over. <laughs> As I thought about it, this is my, my little guy. You need to see the way this guy gets bullied in the room. Just walks in confidently and slaps super. Do you know why he does? Because of the power of what is backing him. There's nothing about him in that moment. Nothing about what he can do or what he cannot do. Nothing about where he's been or his experience. Nothing about it. 
all his courage all his fighting all he's doing is the power of what is back in him and today what i want to say is that maybe as we look at the concept of what's on our screen maybe if today we can see the story that is behind us maybe if we're living here for all that has been said and all that we're trying to figure out and i know sometimes the screen can be what it is but if we would go today just in the power of the story that is backing us so there are three things that i want to say to us that i pray you would never forget first of all i pray that as i show up and as i go at every super or every you know every space that i'm walking into and as i go with every effort and every affront the first thing i never want to forget is that i am backed by the love of a savior that is resilient that the love of my savior is a resilient love that there's a love that i stand in you know the love that gets me to be here it's it's a resilient love if I was left to myself how many times had I given up and said it's not possible I can't make it I'd lost hope I'd quit I was, I was fed up I've tried I can't but there was a love that kept chasing there was a love that kept coming there was a love that kept inviting there was a love that said this is not the end of you there was a love that said there's a better plan there was a love that kept showing it and stayed and was patient and there was a love that went all the way to make it happen and so if you get to be here today you get to be here today because of the story of a resilient love amen anybody none of us is here because of the strength of ourselves we are here because of the story of a resilient love and so what i want to say is that as you go know that you are backed by that same resilient love if that love was strong enough to reach you and if that love is backing me then that love is strong enough to reach anybody amen we are backed by the love that is resilient it's a resilient love of our savior man i know what it means to be hopeless i know what it means to be in those moments i look back over my life and i know those times that i just thought man nothing it's it's over god can't use me god can't do anything like i'm i'm at the end and i and, and i don't know how i don't know every step it was but somehow i get to be here today because the love of our savior is resilient because he never gave up because he kept believing because he kept inviting because he paid a price that i couldn't pay he is the good shepherd that runs Amos, Amos 5.12. I'm not sure. It's somewhere there, somewhere in the Bible. It says that as the shepherd would rescue from the mouth of a lion a leg or a piece of an ear. Wow, why would you do that? Because if you still have the capacity to hear him and to take one more step, he can get everything back again. The love our savior is resilient second thing i would say today that we must remember is backing us i'm going to walk straight back and it's not about what you're seeing on the screen of the little guy slapping the bigger guy and all of that it's the power of what is backing the second thing we must remember that is resilient is that the gospel that we preach is resilient the gospel that we stand in is resilient let me take you back in history one guy was standing with another 11 guys and maybe they were just having like fish barbecue and stuff and just you know talking about just the world and you know some kind of mission and you know he's demonstrating to them what he's done and you know they are kind of seeing his story they're walking it with him and all of that and just like some 12 guys somewhere in some corner of the world and 2,000 years later 
billions and billions of people through all generations through all tribes through all nations billions and billions of people man what those guys were standing in is a resilient thing it's something that couldn't be silenced it's something that you know people came against and you know uh, people tried to oppose and all of that but can we remember that the gospel is still the power of God unto salvation and it is resilient that one day we're going to see from all nations from all tribes from all cultures from all people from all languages we're going to see people that were hard-hearted we're going to see people that were you know morally uh, in themselves we're going to see all kinds of people because of the power of a resilient gospel so here's what i'll say to you guys let's remember where the power lies and as i'm standing up to slap the guy that looks like a bully let me remember it's not really because of me it's because of the force of what is backing i know on the screen i might look limited but listen to the power of the story that is backing that if i am setting the gospel forth the gospel has the power and it has a resilient power third thing i'll say today three simple things that i pray you'd always remember as i go i am backed backed by the love of a savior that is resilient a gospel that we preach that is resilient thirdly the church that we belong to is resilient this global move of god that i get to be a part of is resilient I was thinking about it. You know, the church has honestly had its mistakes through ages. The church has been attacked in many different ways. A lot has happened. Um, you know, a lot has happened to the church, if you think about it, both in terms of local churches, the global church. A lot has happened. Opposition has risen in many different ways. But when I think about what I get to be a part of and what I belong to, there is a resilient force about it. There's a resilient force about the church that Jesus is building. It was Jesus that said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know, in Hebrews chapter 12, when it's saying, therefore, verse 1, you're seeing that you're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And it's saying, therefore, you know, you run this race. So we are setting out to run this race because we're surrounded. But why is it starting from there? Because of the context of Hebrews 11, right? So it's showing us all that's happened in Hebrews 11 and the whole buildup of the story of Hebrews, but especially in Hebrews 11. And then it is then said okay now you start to run your own race but we're running our race within a context of okay look at all that surrounds us and as i look at all that surrounds us as i look through that just that wall that story of hebrews 11 and all the stories and all the people and i'm thinking man i am backed by this whole expression by this story of a resilient thing about god's people and you know what the faith has been in every generation then i'm like what i stand in is resilient Jesus is steadily building his church people we belong to a great company we belong to a resilient company Jesus is steadily building his church through all generations I stand in great company the church is resilient the love of our Savior is resilient the gospel is resilient so I feel like I can run in and attack it because I know what is back in me let me tell you a story um, Maybe my last story, and then I would land. So, some years ago, it was, it was my daughter's birthday, I think, a couple of years ago. And um, I love my parents. love my mom. I love my dad. They are amazing. Um, I love my mom. I really love my mom. I'm saying all of this because I'm about to say but. If I said the but, it looks like I love her. And <laughs> no, that doesn't work because what I'm about to say deserves a but. Um, sometimes I'm like, mom, no. Um, mom, I'm not a fool now. 
um, my wife got me a birthday gift when we just got married and then they left in my parents house and it was a Liverpool jersey and at the back they wrote my name they, they actually even wrote Pastor Tolu at the back of a Liverpool jersey in a house where all my brothers are Arsenal fans right and nobody else lives in the house and all of that and the jersey was in the room somehow they didn't expect me to see it but I stumbled into it before my birthday so I'd seen it wow ah, nice I didn't know who was getting it for me, but obviously somebody's getting this for me. So I tried it, I, I looked at it in the mirror. Then I removed it and put it back, waiting for the surprise. So we were then about to leave the house and nobody had said anything. Uh, so I'm not like, eh. Like, um, it's, it's, um, let me just get something in the room. And then I go in and then I come out like, ah, what's this? Ah. You know what my mom says? My mom is like, who told you it's your own? Go and put it back, it's not your own. Ah, ah. Mom, no, no. But the one that killed it the most for me was my daughter's birthday. So we get to my parents' house. My mom had really been trying to say, ah, "Can we come?" Blah blah blah. We get to my parents' house, and um, my mom then leads us in. She comes out, and then she's leading us in. My daughter was maybe four years old or something. And she's leading us in, and my mom is, you know, when you're about to pull a surprise kind of a thing, she's like leading us in. Amen. There it was. It's really paining me to say this because you've heard of it before maybe and you've joked about it. I just didn't believe it can happen in my house. My mom has maybe two masters, uh, maybe more self. She has a PhD. She's well learned and educated. But she wrapped a bicycle. <laughs> wrapped like surprise guess what is inside i'm like maybe a gun <laughs> she wrapped in bicycle like what can you see ah! let me guess let me guess a house uh, no <laughs> you wrapped like we're wrapped everything like surprise birthday present guess <laughs> but here's what I'm thinking you know as I'm looking at it I'm looking at a bicycle well ish I'm actually looking at a wrap uh-huh but yeah a bicycle well a wrap that it's wrapping a bicycle, but but a bicycle. Yeah, but kind of like a wrap, actually. So what do you see? I'm seeing um, a bicycle, a wrap. Okay. And what I'm thinking today is that if I can, maybe if I can get to the place, maybe if this is the beauty that I can say this thing is what is really backing me. This is what is really driving it. Um, it's the love of a savior. It's, it's the resilience of the gospel. It's the resilience of the church, but if it's getting closer and closer to me and I'm just the ordinary rap but I am taking the shape of what so what do you see I look resilient I'm the rap it is what is holding me that is so resilient it is what I'm standing in it's what I'm building my confidence is that is so resilient so how will I be resilient through every season maybe if I'm getting closer and closer to the point that I am becoming the rap. So you're looking at the rap, but really what you're seeing is the bicycle. 
And as I'm thinking about that today and how the Bible is saying, hey, guys, look at Hebrews 12 verse 1. Seeing that we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every sin and all of that. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking onto, look at that, looking onto Jesus, keeping, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Look at his resilience. He endured the cross, scorning in shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So as I fix my eyes on him and I stay on that and it gets so close and so real to the point that I become a beautiful wrap for what is actually holding me. Friends, we're going to have moments on our journey where honestly, you look around it and self is going to fail. I don't have it in myself to carry this. I don't have it in myself to see through seasons. But if I have such a resilience... That is not fueled by self-will, but is fueled by the power of what is behind me. If I have such a resilience that is not fueled by just ideas and my personality and all of that, but such a resilience that is fueled by what is behind me. So this is what I would say to you today. Can we take the shape of what is behind us? Can your life and your story and your church and your ministry and your plant, can it take the shape of what is behind you? Can it closer and closer take the shape of what is behind us? If we are driven knowing the love of our Savior and the power of the gospel and, the, and just that sense of the resilience of the global church and all that has gone before us, can we take the shape of that same thing? So let's go believe in, friends. Let's go in that encouragement, in that strength. You know the truth on the screen? It's just a summary of the story. There will be more stories that are more than what you see on the screen. But I'm saying even for all that is behind, there's a backing that we can stand in today. Amen, anybody? Anybody ready for what God is said to do? Anybody ready for a new season of all that God has ahead of us? Anybody ready for the more? Like, I'm not backing down. I'm not backing out. My face, tough times. My face, seasons. But in all these things, in all these things, at the end of the day, friends, when the story is written, I pray it will be a story of a people that stayed through in every season. And here's the beauty of us, as the, as here's the beauty of it, as the Holy Spirit works it in us more and more, just by the power of the Holy Spirit, He's shaping that same resilience in us. Maybe I should put it better. He's shaping us around that same resilience. He's shaping us around that same resilience of what we stand in. It's the power of what He has called us into that is backing us through this. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com City Church. Love Jesus. Love people. Love Lagos.